0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week for Ghost, we have Bone Daddy and Slow Burn. That sounds like porno. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted.
1: Stupid film companies with their weird rights battles. Fucking up Spider-Man. it. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Sony is it's the biggest really bunch exactly. of fucking idiots. I can't believe how fucking stupid
1: he is. Listen, in Sony's defense, Disney's
2: trying to rob them. Sony was losing money on Spider-Man movies before they got involved with Disney. I I know. Disney fixed the fucking problem for them. You don't think Disney's entitled to a cut?
1: So Disney's... Well, here's the thing. So Disney's deal with Sony is basically Sony puts up 100% of the financing for the film. Uh, Marvel produces it and allows them access to some characters and things like that and in exchange the only thing that Marvel's supposed to take is 5% of gross off the top so what happened in this negotiation and, and that deal is supposed to go out something for like 5 more movies and instead Marvel just came back to the table and they said okay from now on we put up 50% of the money and we get half of everything and Sony was like no that's not the deal we agreed to at all and Marvel's
2: like well fuck you (laughs) but here's the thing they did the the deal they got two movies out of it and it fucking worked so I think like Disney's in a position to say look if you take this property back you're going to start losing money on it again does that seem like a good idea to you you're gonna I do think, your more fucking shitty wannabe movies. I think it'll, I think it's gonna work out
1: because Sony Sony's gonna they'll come to some kind of fucking agreement. I I cannot possibly believe that the Sony executives are that fucking dumb that they think that they could walk away and not have everything crumble to dust underneath them.
2: Because like right now, if if Sony puts together a new Spider Man movie, there's gonna be a Spider Man movie in theaters that I don't go see again. Like, and that's because Sony keeps screwing it up so bad, like.
3: Well, they're not rebooting it, at least, from the sounds of it.
2: Well, th- are they going to do it like Tom Holland, but he's not part of the MCU anymore? Just magically? Yeah, that'll work.
3: Yeah, just Tom Holland, but just no references to Thanos or yeah, just, Iron Man just, or anything.
2: None, none of that happened? We're yeah, just going to pretend? Gonna ignore it. Yeah, that'll be great. I, I, I hope Tom Holland can get out of his contract at least and not have to <laughs> do it. Because he must have enough money at this point. He's like, oh. yeah.
3: Tom Holland drops out of the Drop. next Spider-Man. He's like, "Fuck it, I don't want to be Spider-Man anymore." Shows up in the next Avengers movie as Night Monkey. <laughs> no,
1: I was I was actually going to say, you know, it'd be even fucking funnier than that. Ben Riley.
3: Oh, Scarlet f- Spider? Uh,
1: yeah, be like, "Scarlet Spider, he's he's Peter's clone."
2: I don't Different imagine thing. that they have I imagine that they uh don't have the rights to Scarlet Spider if they yeah, that probably good.
1: went over the spider. I, I think Disney's got the kind of lawyer money that they could tie that up in court for a real long time while they're making Scarlet Spider movies.
2: This might all be a play by uh, Sony. Eh? Maybe they're just trying to get bought out by Disney. They just want to be the next one's bought out. They're just like, well, if we take Spider-Man back, Disney will buy us just to get Spider-Man. Problem yeah. solved. We, all the executives in the room get to retire.
3: <laughs> that
1: uh, what was the other clone? Do you remember the other clone, the one that everybody hated even more? Kane? Kane. That's it.
3: Yeah. I try to forget most of the uh, maximum clonage storyline.
1: I'll tell you what. The so the clone, the clone wars, or the the clone saga stuff itself isn't very good. But I really, really, really like the uh, the Scarlet Spider comic books.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Never read them. Outside of uh, Spider Verse stuff, I guess. I guess I read the ones that tied into that. He's less
1: whiny, less less whiny Spider Man.
3: <laughs> but whininess
2: is one of Spider Man's greatest qualities. Mm. So it makes us all feel relatable to him.
3: Agree to disagree. He hasn't been like super whiny in the last couple of years. I now. don't know how,
1: how long, he how runs long his ago own was now.
3: it? How long
1: ago was it that he sold his sold his marriage to Satan because his aunt died?
3: Oh, yeah, but he's gotten much better since then. Dan Slott took over and the, the title got much better.
1: Okay, just saying, Peter Parker's kind of a little bitch. Did you tell that to Tom Holland's face. I'm not saying it's Tom Holland's fault. I'm saying, like, generally, the way Peter Parker's been written over the years, Peter Parker's kind of a bitch. Spider-Man's cool. It's just as alter ego's a whiny little puss boy.
3: Jesus. So much hate for Spider-Man. <laughs> Are you, do, you, do you go under the name J. Jonah Jameson online? <laughs> He's hey, a
1: <laughs> I think that's the worst part, too. That we end with the stinger with uh, uh, J.K. Simmons, and now they're like, nope,
3: no more, and it's like, no! <laughs> well, technically, they could still move forward with that, I would assume. No, that
1: I know they could, but not in the Marvel Universe. That would make me sad.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the said, idea I'm, I'm of not this rebooting all is fascinating. I'm sure it'll all get wrapped up. We'll, be. we'll see.
1: <laughs> now I'm sad. While well, I'm sad, you guys want to talk about the, possibly the second shittiest Rector Hour movie I've Ooh, ever seen?
2: Strong words. I, I well, do, because this is another one not available in Canada, from what I understand, so. <laughs>
3: Well, this episode, which is the last of Howard Guest, surprisingly is a very specific theme where Rutger Howard plays a doctor of some sort, a medical examiner in one and a gynecologist in another, <laughs> who. I didn't even know that. <laughs> who, in Chicago, helps a female police officer. Solve a series of of murders. That is pretty much the plot for both movies.
2: Okay, now I I think somebody needs to explain to me who was who was not able to watch one of these movies due to streaming rights issues. Yeah. Why? How does a guy help solve murders
3: exactly? <laughs> well, That's Noah, the one I missed. Noah, since you loved it so much, you want to tell everybody about S- Slow Burn, aka Wilder. So, well,
1: so to, so to answer your question, Doug. They don't really answer that question in this movie. They don't really do much <laughs> of anything in this movie other than it is it is quite possibly the worst written script of a movie ever. Because I'm assuming all of the spoken dialogue is, is from the written script because if that's ad-libbed from Pam Greer, that blows my fucking mind because she's a better actor than that. Uh. So Pam Greer is Detective Wilder, who's a mm-hmm. who's a lady cop who is uh, literally a caricature of like a, a strong female character,
3: and doesn't need no man to help her out.
1: Right? She doesn't. She don't need no man, and and she's co- constantly trying to save other women that are being abused, and you know, plus plus she's a black woman, and and you know, it's just it's just stop with it, and then of course her uh, the guy she's investigating slash future lover Rudger Hauer <laughs> the, the uh, sexist misogynist uh, gynecologist because you know opposites attract that makes sense that's what Paul
3: Abdul told me
1: yep and uh, basically there's a couple murders they're attempting to solve the murders throughout the course of the murders they find out that the murders are actually a cover up for a bigger thing in which a drug company is doing unlicensed experiments of giving a drug that they already know will kill people to people to see if it will kill people.
2: You skipped over how the gynecologist gets involved in the investigation. I no, feel I like that's got to be necessary. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: So, So it starts off with a woman is murdered. Yeah. She and the gynecologist had sex way back in the day. And they had a relationship, so automatically he's a suspect. That's Rudger Howard's character. So they start okay. investigating him.
3: No, hold on. You're skipping over stuff.
1: Oh my god! Brian, help just, out if here we, really? If we have to go any more into detail in this movie, oh, I want all I'm, the details on the across this room.
3: So they—that's they, perfect. They did sleep together. Uh, she got pregnant. She wanted to have an abortion. He did not want her to have an abortion. So they had some big uh, court battle, and he got in trouble for something through this whole scenario, which I don't remember, that got his medical
1: license. She was his patient, so him having sex.
3: Yeah, so they took his medical license away. Uh, Okay. Then he uh, was able to get, like, it was like a suspension or whatever. So he was able to get it back, but then he couldn't get a job. So then he got hired to work for, I don't know, some like women's medicine company or something. So the idea was that he, she ruined his career so he would have been pissed and would have gotten revenge by killing Okay. Her. That's how he was a suspect.
2: But then how do you go from being a suspect to an investigator just like
3: that? Uh, because he's in love with Pam Greer. Right. And
1: so the next murder is... He lets his cokehead best friend that he works with... Uh, go fuck some dude's fiancé in his
3: apartment. Also, and, the dude is cheating on his wife while he's doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. while the guy's cheating on his wife. It's all good people. So uh, he gets choked to death in his sleep after the, after the Sexons. And so once again, Rudger Hauer is the suspect and then later they figure out oh wait if somebody broke into Rugger Hauer's apartment and killed a guy who was sleeping they were probably trying to kill him bum 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 yeah.
3: see then they have to go off the books because there's a way, lot of, way off the books there's a lot of pressure on them so Pam Greer has to go rogue and she gets Rugger Hauer to help her do an autopsy on the first girl that was killed who was his ex-girlfriend so it's not at all awkward um, because for some reason, you know, the suits uptown are trying to keep this quiet, so they didn't order an autopsy on this girl. So,
2: so they get yeah. a gynecologist to do an autopsy.
3: Yeah, I feel well, like he's good at one of Not at the other one. <laughs> he
1: was a medical examiner in the other movies, so it's alright.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. So then, yeah, they're on the run from. This drug company, and then... Well, all right. You know how it Tell, goes.
1: tell me this, Doug. Uh, have you seen any 1970s-slash-80s movies where a couple cops have to take on big business?
2: Um, uh, yes.
1: Yeah, that happens frequently, correct?
2: Uh, I would say yes. In
1: how many of those movies does the main character actually say the phrase big business 35 fucking times and literally go, this is big business we're taking on. We'll never get out alive.
2: Well, most people wouldn't write that into a script.
1: Most would not. In this one, they didn't just write that into the script. They wrote it into the script multiple times. (laughs) This is, this is what did you think Noah this movie makes made for TV movies look professional as fuck I, I don't know how else to describe it they take a, a pretty decent cast cause I mean I've seen lots of these actors in other things and somehow make them bad like they did in the B movie good actors everything's bad how do they make it all bad the editing of this movie bad They do these snap cuts to these weird flashbacks to re-explain plot points that literally happened five seconds ago.
2: Was this a made-for-TV movie? Because that's a TV trope from the era where they know that people get distracted during the commercials and forget what happened, so they do a lot of flashbacks.
1: Something, maybe, I mean, they even do, like, like freeze-frame wipes and shit, you know what I mean? Like stuff that they do in joke movies making fun of movies I just it's, it's impossible to describe how bad this movie is it, it it's almost like the person who was making it really digs 70s movies and was trying to like do a tribute mov- movie to 70s stuff only they fucking suck at it I just I, like I said everything's bad all the reveals like you know who all the bad guys are Twenty minutes into the movie, and then an hour and a half later, they're like, "Oh, big reveal! The district attorney's bad." And it's like, "Well, yeah, we explained that he was bad in the first ten minutes of the movie. Remember, he he, he told them not to do an autopsy. That was the first thing he did." All right, makes me angry. They 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 shit on the the legacy of Rutger Howard and Pam
3: Grier in one movie. I guess here we go uh, I didn't hate it
1: oh. I, I just I don't even understand how that's
3: possible
2: <laughs> what? Okay, so what would you say to contrast what Noah said I, I, I feel like here <laughs> is he just exaggerating the problems or is he actually wrong on some of these issues
3: no I mean some of those problems do exist the script is pretty terrible um, I mean, this is big
1: business, Brian. <laughs> they're going to kill me. They're going to kill you. They're going to kill your kids. we got to drop this. This is big business.
3: Uh, Doug, did you watch a lot of, like, made-for-HBO action movies in the 90s?
2: Um, Probably, yeah.
3: Well, this was made in 2000, so they kind of were still trying And I wouldn't call this an action movie, maybe more of a thriller, but... They were still trying to do that with this movie. And it feels like one that came from, like, 1993. Which is, you know, maybe not successful since it's the year 2000. Okay, But, I don't know. There was just some cheesy charm about it that I just, I didn't, I didn't hate. I'm not saying it was good, but I don't think it was as terrible as Noah's. It was definitely no killer buzz, a.k.a. Flying Virus. Oh it
1: was terrible. twice twice in a row, Brian. Twice <laughs> in a row. All right. In the Rugger Hauer movies. I feel like I feel like this has destroyed some of my faith in reality as I
3: know it. I have to
2: I have to question everything. I know. Well that has been the goal of this podcast since the beginning, so it's
3: true. <laughs> Took your love of Rucker Hauer and turned it into a dirty, dirty nightmare for you.
1: I, I think the thing that hurt me the most is whenever it started, I, I didn't know Pam Greer was in it, so it popped up and it was like, Pam Greer, and Gregor Howard, and I was like, oh yeah! This is gonna be great! <laughs> and then it was not. Oh. Uh
3: At least in this one, compared to Killer Buzz, aka Flying Virus, uh, there was at least some nudity. So I mean, you gotta give it that. Oh,
1: well, yeah, that's true. There was a nipple.
3: There was more than a nipple. There was some boob shots in that sex.
1: I thing. don't know. <laughs> I just feel like didn't it feel like everything in this movie was a caricature? Like every character was just a, so unnaturally exaggerated that it it makes it not make sense.
3: Yeah, but I feel like that's what all those made for cable like movies did back then in the nineties. Oh. So. I don't know it at least fits in there I think I think the worst part of it was Pam Greer's character the like every other line is about how pissed off she is because she's a woman right that that feels like
2: maybe it's uh, does that maybe feel like it's from uh, this movie trying to be a tribute to some something from the past is what Noah said is maybe that why they keep bringing up the woman thing is it supposed to be from a time where female cops was a rarity I don't
1: once again I I feel like it, it it's like the film is trying to be woke before woke was a woke thing.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and they don't know how
1: to woke is the problem. Yeah, and they're so bad at it that it almost comes off as them criticizing it. If that makes sense, like they they attempt to do feminism so bad that you're like, are they making fun of feminists? <laughs> Yeah. And I don't think they are. I think they're just really
3: bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like subtle. Like they didn't do anything subtle with with that whole feminist thing. So, I mean, there's literally a point in the movie where somebody calls her a Nazi feminist. So, I mean, I mean, they're just like out on front street. Like every time something happens, she's like, "Well, if I was a man, maybe this, you know, this wouldn't happen." Type of stuff, and it's just like oh like i get it like you could be a little bit more subtle like without bringing all that stuff up just having her because there's a big subplot where she's really pissed at this neighbor guy because he beats his wife all the time and she ends up like kicking his door in when he's like screaming at his wife and she's like in the bathroom and then uh the wife pretty much i mean walks out with like a bloody nose and whatever and Basically tells her, you know, oh, I'm fine, and doesn't doesn't want her help at all. So I mean, you could have like just done that without having her literally say like a billion times about how men are stupid and being a woman cop is hard. All right. So yeah,
2: yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I just, I do hope if we have any new listeners. I want you to go back and listen to some past episodes, even if they're not good episodes. Just listen to the shit that Noah likes, and then think about what he's had to say for the last two episodes.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I can tolerate I can tolerate bad movie as long as it's fun. But these movies aren't even fun. Like they're
3: just bad. They're boring. I'll give uh, I'll give this movie credit though. It literally is only an hour and a half long, and it feels <laughs> so much longer than that.
2: <laughs> it's not really. It shouldn't be an accomplishment to be a short movie.
3: Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying. I'm gonna have some complaints later, maybe about something that should have only it's, been an hour and a half long, but isn't.
1: And some of those are flashbacks. <laughs> they really juiced. They really juiced that time in this movie, ex- explaining to us things that just happened. In case.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's almost like that's another thing. Maybe it's a movie made for Alzheimer's patients. And they're they have to, and they're like explaining things in a way that's so flagrant and literal because they're worried that, you know, the person might not be able to follow and then going back and re explaining the things that just happened just in case. That would make sense. That would actually make me hate this movie less. Be like, oh, they tried to do something nice for a very specific demographic
3: of people so big non-recommend from noah me i'm not gonna say it's a recommend but you know wasn't nearly as upset as noah is about
1: i might be less upset if i hadn't had to watch flying virus the week before
3: <laughs> mm, fair enough
2: it's fun when noah said
1: <laughs> and i just watched that i just watched that one right before we had recorded so it's been less than a week that that wound is fresh it's a fresh wound <sighs> <All right. sighs>
2: that was my favorite part of this week
3: <laughs> alright well the other movie we watched is a little movie called Bone Daddy Bone Daddy which has Rugger Hauer as a former medical, medical, medical examiner who has now written? Apparently, he writes like crime novels now, and so he wrote a fictionalized version of a real case that he sort of worked on in Chicago with uh, a serial killer called Bone Daddy. And in this book, he uh, he gave a fictionalized account of capturing the person, even though the killer was never caught. And he caught him. He caught the Bone Daddy. (laughs) And apparently this uh, pisses him off so much that uh, Bone Daddy comes out of retirement and starts killing again. And specifically targets people that are close to him. So he's, of course, assigned a cop. And uh, she really doesn't want to be there. And shenanigans. Was this one better for you, Noah?
1: Actually, I really like this one. As did I. It's not. It's not like the best. But you know, for one of those, uh, it's what. Once again, I wouldn't call it a horror movie. I'd call it like a cop thriller, even though it's got a couple yeah. really good gore bits in it.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah it quickly becomes a whodunit. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. I was gonna say the just just skipping ahead a little bit the scene where that chick falls face first into that dude's chest cavity <laughs> is one of the i was like you know what if this was more of a horror movie that would be so spot on like it and, yeah. and it almost doesn't fit in this movie cuz this movie's more of a crime thriller and all of a sudden it's like face full of gore and you're like oh, oh. jesus Kind of like whenever he's, when he's squishing the dude's leg, too.
2: Yeah, there's a, a few really good gore moments that are obviously put in there. I think in the advertisement for this one, they like to compare it to Seven. And I think that's kind of what they were trying to do, because Seven was, what, 97? 96? This one was shortly after. So I think they were trying to capture that same sort of feeling of horrific, even though it's technically not a horror movie. And the, all the stuff where, like, because what, what you left out of your plot description was the fact that the serial killer removes bones from people's bodies while they're still alive and sends those bones out there into the world to be found <laughs> as a way of like teasing the cops throughout this yeah. and all that stuff is genuinely like the, the concept of it is horrific but when you see the people laying on in bed covered in all the stitching and stuff having had their bones cut out of them and they're still alive it's like oh that, that sucks <laughs> that's, that's hard to watch so it, it really works I think.
1: Yeah. I would say my biggest my biggest complaint about this movie is the name. Bone Daddy's a stupid name. It's a stupid right, name good. for a movie and it's a stupid name for a serial killer.
2: But it is the I, perfect name for a movie if you're hoping that they'll make a porn parody of it cuz don't have to change the name
1: or just swap
2: it Daddy Bone. It's, Daddy Bone is a different movie than Bone Daddy in the porn world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was just and and I kinda of get that maybe they were having a hard time because they were like oh and we'll call it the bone collector. Oh
2: no. No. <laughs> oh get bones, not get a person and then scatter their bones. So this guy's the opposite of a bone collector.
1: The Bone Harvester?
2: Yeah, that might work. I like that Bone Harvester, actually. Hmm. Yeah, I I also liked this movie. I thought it was uh, pretty intriguing. Rudger Howard does his best Tom Atkins impression throughout the whole movie.
3: <laughs> his mustache is not nearly as glorious, though.
2: No, but he's trying. He's doing his best. It's hard because it's so much more blonde than Tom Atkins' <laughs> mustache. But he's got he's got the mustache and the long trench coat the whole time and he's that sort of like kind of like a, he's kind of a dick the whole time like clearly no one likes him because of how much a dick he's been before but then he starts acting all heroic throughout the movie which is kind of Tom Atkins' thing. Hmm.
1: I kind of I, I think one thing they might have did in this movie that could have been done better is I think they wasted a lot of time on uh, trying to build up some of the red herrings of the movie. Yeah. That they failed to actually build up the relationship between him and his estranged son, which tries to be a pivotal thing at the end of the movie. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I think there was a little too much of the red herrings, um, and it became pretty obvious that some of those were not going anywhere. But that's just because we watch a lot of movies, I think. I think this is. If it was your first ever movie, you might not know which one of those things were throwaway points, but. That's not where we
3: are. Yeah, I felt like that was really forced. Like they could have not had that whole like you know, Rucker Howard literally standing there watching him do an autopsy and he's like, Well, why are you doing it this way? He's like, Whatever, Dad, I'll do it whatever way I want It's <laughs> like Come on, man.
2: Yeah, yeah they
1: could have they could've built that up a little
2: better. And some of it was just like too like the scene where um at the beginning, Rutger Hauer, I forget exactly what happens, but he ends up being late for, like, his sons. They're having, like, a giant party because his son got a new job, which is weird. But um, he's late for it, and the son's, like, all mad at him. He's like, look, you've made your appearance. You can just get out of here now or whatever. And it's like, you could take one line of dialogue and say, like, sorry, I was dealing with a police investigation into a murder. That's why I was a few minutes late. I think everybody would just be okay with it, right? <laughs> but instead, he's just like, oh, I can't believe my son's disappointed in me let's try to explain it in no way and let him continue with his assumption that I've just fucked, that I was just fucking didn't care yeah
1: and I think, I think their foreshadowing may have been a little bit too thick in which, you know it, there's a point in the movie where the guy who turns out well, spoiler, spoiler if you haven't seen this but the guy who turns out to be the killer literally challenges him to a chess match <laughs> as as the investigations beginning it's like yeah. well that guy's the killer you know <laughs> like duh like this is i was actually hoping it wasn't him i was like cuz that was so flagrant
2: yeah i think what we're all saying is this movie's good it's not great and it just it's it's kind of a b movie even though it's dealing with some kind of like A topics, which we've seen done in excellent movies, or in, you know, this could have been a, a season of Dexter or something, one of the good seasons, but it's just not at the highest quality compared to other things that came out around the same time on the same subject matter.
3: Mm-hmm. The way I was thinking about it is like, this movie's got a lot of cliches in it. But, I mean, yeah. cl- cliches are kind of cliches for a reason, because they work in a lot of movies. Yeah. And it seems like they work pretty well in this movie. Yeah.
2: Like, I was never bored during this movie, but I was never, like, on the edge of my seat trying to guess who the killer was. Yeah. It was like, it, it, it's like, it's kind of hard to, like, rank it. It's like, you know, uh, on, a scale to one po- uh, on a scale of one to five, do you get bad because there's no even number. You can just give it...
1: It's like, can I give it a two yeah <laughs> The final fight scene's
3: pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, with, like, the water hitting the walls and all the dirt washing away and stuff to reveal right. dead bodies.
1: Yeah, like skeletons and shit falling out of the wall while they're fighting with a pickaxe and a shovel. That's pretty yeah.
2: dope. It's <laughs> just kind of weird how they end up, but they have, like, it's very movie. It's very, I guess it's one of those cliches of, like, all right, so we're going to have this guy, he's like a retired medical examiner turned author. The movie will end in a fist fight between him and the other guy. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know if that's how these types of movies are meant to end, but alright.
3: Yeah, two doctors fighting. Yeah. Two two oh, two old men <laughs> flailing
1: at each other.
2: Exactly. It's like, this would have been a perfect opportunity for too, for them to do the, the woke thing and have the female cop step in and be the hero that takes down the killer.
3: <laughs> you would think. But no, she gets she's the,
1: well. Yeah. I, actually, she kind of does because at the end, he remember he does the final thing where he pops up behind him and she unloads the gun as she's laying there and can't breathe. Yeah, so she still she still gets to take out the bad guy.
2: Yeah, but she, it should have been her whole moment at the end, right? Rather than her just, I don't know, getting one shot in. Anyways, it doesn't really matter because it was fun to watch so who cares if it's
1: there's a lot of that final the final confrontation there's a lot of shanking going on (laughs) there's multiple instances of somebody getting shanked
2: yeah well they're two non-trained fighters. It's not like they're going to have a lot of offensive moves built up or a lot of ways to stop the other guy. Right. I just feel like at some point, though, that you'd
1: realize, you know what, I'm not going to turn my back on this guy again. <laughs> he keeps stabbing people in the ribs with this long skinny knife.
3: <laughs> so we're in agreement. Recommend.
2: Yeah, I think I think we all. Uh, if you narrowed down everything we've just said, we're all just come yeah. to eh, pretty good, pretty good.
3: Yeah. Yep, not going to change your life, but if you're looking for a nice little police thriller, you could do worse. Yeah.
2: Available for free on YouTube. So
3: just, just go to
1: just go to Google and type in video Bone Daddy. And just click on the first thing that pops up. Yeah, I'm what could quite go sure. Wrong? Yeah, I'm quite sure it'll be this film. Oh no, I'm curious. <laughs> oh, you're going to be on the list. <laughs>
3: first video that po- oh, the first video that pops up is the trailer for Bone Daddy.
2: Okay. Ah, go figure. Well, I'll Google think... has done a good job of cleaning itself up.
3: It's... Yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't bang it.
2: There's there's a We're bunch not... of other search engines that will give you different results. You keep trying, right? <laughs> You'll find something.
1: <laughs> go to Yahoo and it gives you some terrible link to an Ask Jeeve question that scars you for the rest of your life. <laughs>
3: Alright, we do have a piece of feedback from our good buddy Terra haute Kent. He said, Hey guys, I would love to see Lifetimes take on horror. They could cast Lori Laughlin in a remake of Shocker. I mean she's already got the prison outfit. Oh, nice. Unfair. Unfair to Aunt Becky. How dare you, Kent?
2: It's not unfair at all. She committed crimes and she's going to jail for them. Yeah. <laughs> she probably won't go to jail for them actually. The worst the worst kind
1: of crimes stealing scholarships from underprivileged kids when you've got fucking money you piece of shit
2: but then her kid would have had to go to the school that her kid could get into on their merits that's not a fair thing to ask from a rich kid (laughs) that's true
3: like she's ever going to work a day in her life anyway
2: hey uh, is she one of the ones that already has a job as an instagram
3: whatever uh, yeah that was her that was her thing She's yeah. mad because all the negative press ruined her influencer status on YouTube or Instagram or whatever the fuck.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so that's the
1: thing you should be upset about in that yeah. situation.
3: I like said, that
2: her, they, mom, her mom goes to jail and she's like, oh, mom, you're messing up my Instagram status.
3: Then they, <laughs> one of the shows posted a video that she had posted on Instagram before this whole thing had happened. Talking about how she didn't really like college and never really went to class. So money well spent.
2: Okay, I remember that. <laughs> oh. Uh, well. uh
3: someone on another podcast. I want to say maybe Shockwave's, but I'm not sure. Uh, did talk about that if you're into like exploitation movies, essentially Lifetime has like become like a modern equivalent of that because like all the movies are somebody's going to kill somebody and The female's in trouble, and there's probably some quirky, zany, over-the-top explanation for it all. I haven't really watched them, but apparently... I don't feel
2: like they would get into exploitation on Lifetime, though.
3: I mean, it's not like... it's like a modern version of exploitation. I don't even think you can cuss on Lifetime, I'm not sure, but... But, like, just story-wise, I mean, everybody, somebody kills somebody in all these movies now. Apparently they're all, like, because, you know, housewives have some obsession with true crime now, so that's all the movies are like on Lifetime.
2: Well, I feel like, kind of, Lifetime made-for-TV movies took up where things like Murder, She Wrote left off. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Like, it's just, like, random individual has to solve this crime, but it was was getting too expensive to have the same random individual do it every week so now they call it movies instead of a TV show and they have a different person do it
3: it's true so I don't know
1: they all feel like here's these three people and one of them's dangerous (laughs) like that's their whole thing it's like Ron and Becky just moved into their dream home but they have to renovate their basement so they hire Jeff the contractor Jeff has a secret.
3: I still need to watch the Will Ferrell, uh, Kristen Wiig one.
1: It's uh, it's pretty fun. Those <laughs> I just, two.
3: I just love the idea that they're like, we totally want to make one of those Lifetime movies and like make it for real. Like, and and okay. you know what
1: they did? That's exactly what they did. Yeah. It's it's fucking. It's a comedic genius on another level that people just don't even fucking understand. <laughs> that they get that Lifetime movies in and of themselves are a joke, so they didn't have to add anything.
2: <laughs> that does sound nice. funny.
3: Um, and then he continues. Did you ever get my Blackula audio clip? Uh, we did. You just got to step your game up, Kent. We didn't find it that funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was really, it was really loud and
2: awful. It was, very it was distorted. an executive decision by Brian that we were not going to
0: yeah. play it was,
3: it, on it was very distorted, very loud. You're better than that, Kent. Come on. You've sent us gold in the past. Up your game.
2: Wow. Challenge is down. <laughs> you know he's going to send stuff in next week and play it down, right?
3: Uh, he sent... Uh, back in the Drunken Zombie days, he sent a edited video of John Lithgow who apparently did a Campbell Soup ad that was, like, singing and dancing. And then it showed him bringing his soup to the table, and then it immediately cut to that scene from Dexter where he just looked at his wife and called her a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's <laughs> glorious.
2: <sighs> do you still have that somewhere? I'd like to see that. I
3: think I, I, think I do. I'll, I'll have to see if I can find it.
0: Uh,
2: Actually, if, if you find that, you put that up in, like, the Facebook group
3: where everybody gets to see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll do some digging see what I can find. Uh, all right. Anybody watch anything since last week? I did. Oh, what did you watch?
1: Uh, first of all, I finally caught up with uh, Cooties from 2015 oh, yeah. Elijah Wood and all those folks.
3: Yeah. Man,
0: that was, that, was,
1: that was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little disappointed that I didn't get to that sooner. <laughs>
3: like uh, I said I just love Rain Wilson as the gym gym teacher. Right. <laughs> when, when shit goes south, he's just like fuck all these little kids and just starts like clotheslining them and just like running out of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: aim, aim for the face. Everyone knows it's a toddler's weak spot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought it it that. Overall, it's really, really solid. I think the ending is a little weak sauce.
2: What is the plot of Cooties? I don't think I know that. Uh,
1: It is uh, a factory releases a batch of tainted chicken McNuggets that basically unleashes a zombie plague, but the caveat in the film is that you can only be infected by the zombie virus if you have not gone through puberty yet. So it's horrifying zombie children. Everywhere,
3: nice. Yeah, does and,
2: sound like something I'd I enjoy.
3: And it happens at school, so of course, all the teachers are thus trapped in the school, fighting off zombie children. And Rain Wilson is the gym teacher that's just eventually is just like fuck this and just starts beating the shit out of toddlers. It's great.
1: Yeah, I just I and I really appreciate the fact that Elijah Wood's career is this weird inexplicable thing that i don't understand that if you had told me years and years and years ago (laughs) that i would be a big elijah wood fan i'd be like fuck you that you know that dude and all this stupid shit and then he got sick of being typecast and started doing all this fucking weirdness that he does now Mm -hmm. and it's all awesome he has really really good taste in weird batshit crazy movies
3: well, I mean, he yeah. him and his friend opened their own production company to specifically make weird-ass horror movies and genre stuff because he loves horror movies. So. Right. I love it, it when
2: somebody just gets famous and then decides to use that to do fucked-up shit. Like, uh, I could use this to get the, all the big like starring roles in Hollywood, or I could use this to <laughs> make these shitty fucking movies. I'm going to do the fun thing.
3: Or I could be a producer on Greasy Strangler and just let that dude do whatever he wants.
2: Yeah, Penguin shit <laughs> uh, The one I have to get to one day God you damn it, get it my watch list keeps getting longer
1: That I, I know that's a newer movie And that's a little outside of our wheelhouse But Greasy Strangler put it on the list <laughs> Bullshit You're a bullshit artist <laughs> 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 ah, I love that movie So anyway cooties Yeah opening scene uh, is uh, uh, chicken nugget processing (laughs) it's pretty gross it's not as gross as other people were playing it off to be because a lot of other people were telling me I can't ever eat nuggets again
3: and I was like it's not that bad Amanda literally will not eat chicken nuggets because of that movie now I tell her she's crazy but that's how I feel
1: I mean, the real reason why you should never eat chicken nuggets is if you ever go to a chicken farm and get within a hundred yards of one of those big shacks that they keep the chickens in in their lightless hellhole that they never see the sun, and just take a nice whiff of that air, that'll make you never want to have chicken again. Uh, so watch that. Like I said, it was really good. I liked everything about it. Uh, it had what's her God damn it? You know what her name is the the blonde chick, the lead.
3: Allison Pill. Yeah. And yeah. she's fun. I like her. She's good in uh, the newsroom. she you guys ever watch that show. I have not.
1: And I like the fact I like the fact that Cootie's it's it's just self aware enough to make a couple like really good jokes with without completely like taking you out of the movie. Like, there's a point toward the beginning of the movie where the zombie outbreak's first happening, and they're all in the teachers' lunch, and one of the zombie kids comes running in and dives and tackles one of the teachers into, like, this cabinet, and the door slams. And it just so happens that out of all the teachers in this building, that's the only one that, like, hadn't had any spoken lines or anything. And one of them even goes, Who the hell was that? (laughs) Yeah. So, cooties. High recommend. Uh, and then I watched uh, Enter the Florpus, the uh, new uh, Invader Zim movie, and it was it was everything I dreamed it would be.
2: Yeah, you were threatening to watch that last week.
1: Oh, so it's so good. I was so happy. It's the second one too. So I also watched the uh, the Rocco's Modern Life movie. Yeah, you talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah, right. And so they nailed that and then they did this Invader Zim one and they did the exact same thing. They just fucking crushed it. It's it's basically just an an hour long Invader Zim episode, all the original voice actors, original artists, they just brought everybody back to do something and it's it's fucking awesome. It's just what you want it to be.
3: So I never watched Invader Zim, so I've noticed it's, all before it.
1: Argu- arguably best cartoon ever made. And I'm including, like, 80s cartoons in there, too. So it's it's better than
2: G.I. Joe and Masters of the Universe and Thundercats. And... Is this our excuse to talk about how Masters of the Universe is coming back?
1: Ooh. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin
3: Smith.
2: It's gonna be good. Yeah. Did you guys hear that they're gonna continue, like, storylines yeah. from the 80s cartoon?
3: Here's yeah, but it's a I, sequel. So,
2: I have
1: one problem with that. So it was a Funimation cartoon, right? Yeah. yeah. It didn't have any through plots. It was well, completely.
2: I'm sure they serial left some cliffhangers. Episode. I feel like they must have left some cliffhangers unanswered.
1: But they didn't. Like, they don't even, there. there isn't even, like, a first episode that, like, explains anything. It just, like, jumps in. It's Like I said, I, I just find that odd that they're like, it's going to continue where it left off, and it's like, yeah, but it didn't leave off anywhere. It's just purely episodic. I don't know. Oh,
2: but I've we get to see more Arco. To...
3: <laughs> I've been too afraid to go back and watch it because I figured it's going to be shit if I do.
2: I watched, like, the first episode a while back and I decided that I think it would be good if you watched it with a kid. So I'm just hoping it stays on Netflix till my kid's old enough to enjoy it.
1: All I'm hoping is that they're just secretly going to make it an adult thing and that we don't know it and that you're going to turn it on. And one of the first things that's going to happen is just Skeletor being like, Nah,
0: this is bullshit!
3: <laughs> <laughs> it seems weird that they're tapping Kevin Smith for this. It doesn't seem like this is really in his wheelhouse. I don't...
1: I don't know. People seem to have a lot of faith in him whenever it comes to like nerd nostalgia stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's, and he's not going to. Because just... he's working on the Howard the Duck cartoon, right? Yeah. For some reason but that fits that fits for me, but he man doesn't.
2: Yeah. No, it's because Howard the Duck is first of all it's really comic booky, and then second of all it's he's a foul mouthed duck, which seems like something Kevin Smith could write. <laughs> But he's just going to be like showrunner on the He-Man stuff, so it's not as if he's going to be writing it, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So it won't necessarily be in his voice, which is not appropriate for He-Man.
1: Yeah. Right. The only weird thing, I was going to say, the only weird thing about Howard the Duck is I, I like Kevin Smith, and I'm sure he kind of gets the character and stuff, but I feel like Kevin Smith's style of storytelling isn't cynical enough for Howard the Duck, if that makes sense.
2: Like, I can see what you're saying. It's, he tends to have happy endings. And that's not what you're looking for. Almost. Um,
1: right. I just that, like... My, my, my favorite Howard the Duck stuff is like the very first run of Howard the Duck. It's so fucking good. But what makes it good is just how miserable Howard is in those comic books. <laughs> He's just kind of a cocksucker, you know what I mean? He's
3: just an asshole. It's like he's not even supposed to be there today.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could see... Like, when you think back to the Randall Graves character, I think that that's... If Kevin Smith can write that guy, he can write a series of people like that all in one show.
3: <laughs> Do you think he's going to take his Clerks 3 script and just change it to a Howard the Duck cartoon?
2: I don't know. They they oh, just did God. some live readings of the Clerks three script, so maybe they uh, somebody can let us know whether it would fit.
1: Howard the Duck working in a fucking convenience store would be an amazing
3: movie.
1: <laughs> now I want to see that. If they gave any updates, when when are the Hulu TV shows supposed to drop?
3: I don't know. I haven't heard anything since they announced them. So,
1: because I'm also I'm real fucking interested in this. Patton Oswald Modoc project. <laughs> I don't even fucking understand how it can be a thing, but I need oh, wow. it. I need it in my life. And Hit Monkey. Yeah. Pretty much all of them, but Tigra and Dazzler. Whoever, whoever decided that Tigra and Dazzler needed their
3: own show, that person could just fuck right off. Well, you haven't seen it yet. It may be the most amazing thing you've ever seen. You don't know. He,
1: it. It might be. But Dazzler's been around for a long time and I've yet to see anything that's got Dazzler in it that was not garbage.
3: Oh, come on. She was in Dark Phoenix. Eh.
1: (laughs) Eh. (laughs) Moving on! That's it. That's all I watched. It hasn't been very long. (laughs) What'd you watch,
2: Doug? Um... I haven't technically watched anything, but I did remember one thing that I watched last week and forgot to mention. Alright. So, um, I rewatched the movie The Crush from, like, 1994 or whatever. Do you guys
3: remember that one? Alicia Silverstone?
2: Alicia Silverstone's debut, where she plays, like, a little, uh, teenager who becomes obsessed with Carrie Elways, and things get wildly out of hand. <laughs> and, uh, it really that movie really struck me as odd rewatching because so i was hesitant going into it because it's like i remember this being like kind of a sexual movie and then looking at who the actress is and what year that made was made i'm like oh
1: <laughs> is, is that the one with the uh the scene with the stuffed
2: duck no 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 that's uh you're thinking of the nicole Eggert movie We talked about that one. Uh, blown away. We talked about that one on the last horror cast. Is that right? Yeah, I well, think
3: so. Two of us talked about it.
2: Well, yeah, Brian, Brian hasn't rewatched it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so, um, the, the point I was making about the crush. So it is. It's basically like Carrie always. Character moves in to the guest house behind this house. They've got a fourteen year old daughter who becomes obsessed with him. Starts to do weirder and weirder shit until there's a big violent ending. Pretty typical plot line wise, and actually Alicia Silverstone was really good in it. And a lot of her character's behavior is some of it's a little over the top, especially in the early parts where you're just like, that's not something a 14 year old could do without getting caught. Like it's just it's ridiculous. But what's really weird about it is how they really it's I don't know how to say it, like Carrie always is like attracted to her in a weird way. And they don't play that off as though it's like a hugely negative thing. It's like she's just this little like seductress trying to woo him, and he's just doing his best to fight her off. But she's fourteen, and I'm like, that it shouldn't be hard to not have sex with a fourteen year old. <laughs> like it's just this weird thing where I think I, I'm thinking maybe it's just the movie hasn't aged well, and maybe in the time it wouldn't have been seen this way. But it's super awkward. Like there's a scene where like, she kisses him, and it's... Like, no, 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 she shouldn't have been that physically close to you. You two shouldn't have been alone and off together sometime. You know what I mean? Like, it's super fucking awkward, and I don't... It's Like, she's clearly, from the movie's perspective, the only villain, and I'm like, he's nowhere near innocent in all of this. Like, it's... And I don't know why they made it a 14-year-old girl if they wanted to play it that way, because you could make her a 19-year-old girl home from college, and then it would be a lot less creepy. <laughs> but they didn't choose to do that.
3: But I think the point of it was to be creepy.
2: But I don't think he's supposed to be creepy in it. That's that's the, I guess that's the point I'm trying to get across. Like, she's supposed to be creepy and, and weird and stuff, and she does a good job of that. You know, it's pretty good. It's a little cheesy and 90s-ish. But the stuff with him is just, like, where he's just, like, spending all this time with this 14 year old girl and she's like he's hes not acting like it's wrong for him to, to be attracted to the 14 year old girl he's just saying it would be almost like oh it would be inappropriate we shouldn't do that and it's like well no you should be saying this can't happen ever please stay away from me please don't come into my apartment when your parents aren't around we will not be going for drives together late at night um, it's just stuff like that where I'm just like I, it's odd how it's portrayed, and I feel like if that movie were made today, people would be incensed by it. Whereas at the time, it was, you know, Alicia Silverstone's character was the only victim, or the only villain in the movie. So, I, I found it very awkward to watch now. That and just some of the way the camera pans over this girl who is clearly 14. <laughs> She's just I don't know exactly how old the actress was when they filmed it, but not old enough for the camera to be doing that. And it was just like, oh, that's funny how much times have changed because that would be a very different movie today. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So
3: I never I don't got know. around to seeing
2: that one. I had, I mean, I hadn't seen it since it was new. I'm having a real problem right now with I'm flipping through Tubi and there's all this stuff on there that came out in like the early to mid '90s when I was in high school, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot all about that movie.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say I'm pretty sure I saw every Alicia Silverstone movie from that time period. Yeah, but that's but that's because they were intentionally like selling her as sex to people of the age that I was.
2: Well, yeah, look, like, and that's it's a little different if you're a teenager at the time that this came out. So I'm, just, I'm I just calling it up on IMDb now to get some ideas on it. yeah, and it was it was a, it was a '93 movie, right? So. We were all of an age group where we were supposed to be attracted to 14-year-old girls in 1993.
1: <laughs> right, right. But should adults have been
2: selling that product to us? Does again? That make sense? Again, by 2019 standards, no. Mm-hmm. But I can also remember, like, Sports Illustrated having these big debates about putting, like, 16-year-old tennis players in bikinis. And, like, was that acceptable? And that was years after this had come out, when people were finally having those discussions. So I feel like it's just in, at that time it was more or less just acceptable. Yeah. And you, I mean, the thing—the thing with watching this movie was it would not have been that hard to tell this story in such a way as to just have her like hitting on this guy, and he just says, "Whoa, no, 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 absolutely not." We, you know, I'll be—I'll be friendly to you because we live next door to each other, but that's it. Like, y- you could have portrayed him as this guy who did nothing wrong, and they chose not to portray it that way. <laughs> so I don't know something cool. to think about how how much the world has changed in what doesn't seem like that long to me although I guess 1993 was 26 years ago now
3: so what's next for you uh, Poison Ivy
2: going to have to go ahead and try and avoid that one just because I think I'm going to have all the same problems
0: <laughs>
3: okay Poison Ivy 2 Poison Ivy
2: 3 I, I don't know if I ever saw Poison Ivy 3
3: I didn't even know there was a three until recently.
2: I don't know. I know at some point it made headlines here in Canada because one of the girls from Degrassi went into one of the Poison Ivy sequels and apparently did some nudity.
3: Ooh, scandalous.
2: Those are considered celebrities up here, people from Degrassi, whose names I don't know, but I know they were in Degrassi.
3: (laughs) Drake? (laughs) He's the only one I know from Degrassi.
2: Yeah. wasn't him.
3: (laughs) No. Uh, so, breaking news: The Hard dot net puts out Marvel lo- Marvel Allowed Weekend and Holiday Visitation with Tom Holland. <laughs> so that's good.
2: That's too soon. That's not funny for me. <laughs> I fucking loved this version of Spider Man, and I'm pissed if we're only getting
3: two movies. Over. All right. Let's have to no. At the, at the
1: at the minimum, you're gonna get two good movies and then a really shitty movie.
2: I don't know i could see i I don't know but i could see if i was a a director or an actor and this happened i'd be looking at every way to get out of that contract i don't want to be in that hate filled sony movie that everyone's just going to be online just talking about how terrible it is regardless of what happens with it because you know what sony's going to do is try to market it in such a way that it tricks people into seeing it believing it to be part of the mcu
3: Now, like they do with the x-men movies yeah see people constantly like, well, it's a Marvel movie. I'm like, it's not. It's not a Marvel movie. Yeah, they put that thing at the beginning to make everybody think it's a Marvel movie.
2: No, oh. and if if it's fucking if it's Tom Holland in the Spider-Man suit, you know that they're gonna do as much as they can to make people think like you liked him in the last movie. Why wouldn't you like him in this one? It's gonna be like because it's not the fuck if. If you're going to try to tell me that you're going to have Spider-Man back in here, but all of a sudden he's what going to have a different set of friends at school and he's going to never mention the fact that he's been to space. like, Or he's going to mention it in such a way as to not reference Tony Stark. Like, what the... F- oh, fuck.
3: Yeah.
1: Listen, like,
2: the bad guy is Scorpion
1: and he's going to be played by Bruce Willis. You guys have to like this. Fuck
2: you. They could they could do that because if they did that, that would just be their way of letting me know. Don't bother seeing it. So, <sighs>
3: sakes. I don't think they're rebooting like that hardcore. I think they're they should.
2: <laughs> if they're going to pull him out of the MCU, they should be rebooting hardcore.
1: They're I think fucking... if they if they pull him out of the MCU, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, well, he's our cash cow. We need to connect him to the Venom movie and that stuff, and that's yes. just recipe for disaster.
2: Oh, yeah. That's exactly that's exactly what's going to happen, is the whole point of getting Spider-Man back is to do the crossover with Venom. Because I guarantee you how these negotiations started was with Sony trying to get Venom into the MCU. Because there's been all sorts of talk about that, which is a stupid, stupid idea, to try to fold something that didn't start in the MCU into the MCU. They should never try that with any property, and they're... <sighs> just Sony's just so stupid here's the thing the worst thing about this, the whole thing is Sony has proven that they can make a ton of money and get positive perception by doing animated Spider-Man films so just do that like you could continue to have Spider-Man standalone movies in the animated universe with Miles Morales as your as your primary character and, and have the benefits of being attached to the MCU in the live action world and, and they don't want that how can they not want that
3: they're it's stupid uh, it's
2: so frustrating.
3: <laughs> alright, so you didn't watch anything else? No, sorry. <laughs> it's alright.
2: I'm really bummed, bummed out about this Spider Man thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: so I went and saw 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. Okay. It, uh, it was everything I wanted out of that movie. Okay, good. Me and my friend from work went and saw it, and we just sat and cheered every time a shark ate somebody. I'm not sure if the other five people in the theater appreciated it, but we had a good time.
2: Without spoiling anything, because I, I really want to see this movie, I tried to go see it, and it, my plans fell through. Hmm. Uh, roughly, how many people get eaten by sharks? Uh,
3: uh, let's see. At least six? Maybe seven?
2: That's, that's outstanding that's good stuff because I like, I was a fan of the first 47 meters down which mm. obviously does not seem to be story wise connected to this one no. but this one definitely the, the trailers implied to me that they step it up a bit and I was like good I, more people getting eaten better mm-hmm. so I'm going to try to see that this week I think
3: Yeah, so, yeah, some girls end up going scuba diving into this weird underground, like, uh, they say it's like an old uh, Incan, Mayan, I don't know, one of those, down in Mexico. It's like an underground city that when the ocean levels went up, it pretty much, like, filled the caves in. So, of course, they made the mistake of going down there, (laughs) and then they get locked in because the cave, like, uh, caves in behind them. And then hey guess what? It turns out there's sharks down there. All right. Yeah. Talk about your bad uh, luck. Oh my dog just went crazy upstairs. Uh so it's literally just everything I wanted. Like I wanted I, I had no expectations. I went in. I'm like, man, I hope I get to see some sharks, eat some people. And I sure did. That's uh, that's great. <laughs> uh yeah, we had a good time, so I think I think you'll you'll enjoy it. Uh, I need to go back and watch the first one. I, I never saw the first one.
2: It's it's a... It sounds like, a, at least the impression I get, having not seen this one, is it's much less action-oriented.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's more of an atmospheric, thrillery-type movie. seems like yeah. it was made on a lower budget.
3: Yeah, I knew I knew that it was sort of like a one location, like they're stuck in a cage at the bottom. Yeah, the floor it's of the a ocean, bit more complicated
2: in so. the. It's a bit more complicated than that. They can get in yeah. and out of the cage, but...
3: Yeah, yeah so I'm interested in checking I always kind of wanted to watch it I just never got around to watch it and I knew like oh I don't need to worry about seeing seeing that one before I see this one so I just went in yeah Uh, yeah anything uh, else? after that I watched uh, Teen Titans The Judas Contract which is the animated film that's the adaptation of the comic book Uh, I don't know it was pretty good it wasn't Wasn't great, wasn't terrible. Um, I've never read the actual story, but I do know sort of what the beats were, and it seems like they hit most of them. So it was good. I know they just they swapped out some of the characters for some of the more updated Teen Titans roster. So I'm sure purists are not happy with that, but it didn't bother. The only weird thing is, is they insinuate since you were talking about the crush earlier they insinuate that uh, deathstroke was uh possibly sleeping with this underage girl to get her to infiltrate the uh the group so well, that's weird yeah yeah very strange but you know good for kids all right uh, then the other thing I watched was the anthology Nightmare Cinema. Okay. Such filmmakers as Mick Garris and Joe Dante. And I was really excited to watch this movie. Pretty much bought it, like, side unseen when it hit uh, streaming. Um, I don't know. Didn't have a great time with it. No. N- Number one, it's an anthology, and it is almost exactly two hours long. And that seems like half an hour too long for an- uh I don't know. It's just some of the some of the stories were kind of boring and then like David Slade decided to do this weird existential black and white movie that was just like weird and I don't even understand most of it. Um, I don't know. It wasn't great. Uh I would, can't say I would recommend it. But I don't know, maybe other people will see stuff in it that I just didn't I just didn't enjoy. I don't know. It wasn't for me
2: that's unfortunate that's one thing as horror fans you always get your hopes up for certain directors and if it doesn't work out you kind of almost take it personal
3: yeah one of the stories is not too bad because it literally is just you jump smack dab into the middle of a slasher movie okay so I mean it is kind of fun that you know you don't have to sit through a bunch of exposition it's literally you just jump in on a girl running through the woods with blood all over. But that was like the first story. And then everything after that was, was kind of hit or miss. Mostly miss, unfortunately. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly
0: fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All
3: right. Next week begins our second annual Slinger September. Uh, we're kicking things off with a very requested movie with Pump Up the Volume, uh, which we've discovered is very hard to find to watch, which seems very odd to us. Seems like that's the movie that everybody says, oh my god, I love Pump Up the Volume.
2: Yeah, but like, how, do, how can they love it if it's so hard to find? People must not have seen it. Weird.
3: It's very weird. I don't quite understand why it's so uh, locked down. My only guess is music rights, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't
2: know. I just, who knows? We, we may have hinted at other points during tonight's podcast that uh, some of the... Uh, rights issues between studios are fucking dumb. And people just need to learn to get their shit together. Yeah, right.
3: what it, it's a
2: really it's, a, it's an entire industry run by egomaniacs and that's a real problem.
3: Mm, that's very true. Uh, so we're going to use that as our Christian Slater movie uh, about a guy who starts his own pirate radio station and we're going to team that up with a movie well, in one country it's called pirate radio, but then in another country it's called the boat that rocked. Which Doug and Noah said that that's the preferred title from now on.
2: That's an amazing title. I'd never heard it until tonight. So.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to decide if I'm angry at the person who came up with that title or if I'm in awe of them.
3: Well, I think it's based off of like a like a book about the because it's based on a. On a real incident that happened in the uk yeah so i don't know but so it's yeah. not like
2: that's a good name for a book either
3: though oh. so yeah it's it's based about uh, them in the 60s uh trying to crack down on that filthy rock and roll music and so a radio station literally just puts themselves on like a a barge and broadcast from the middle of the ocean, so they can't do anything. And it's an interesting watch about the government trying to shut that shit down. But the only uh, problem is, it's sort of a newer movie, which uh, I don't know. I guess I guess we don't. We give each other shit about doing newer movies on the show. So yeah, te- te- technically,
2: technically, we're breaking our own policies here by doing this
3: movie, but but hey, it's later September. All the rules are up in the air. Yeah.
2: We'll get to some movies throughout the month where Christian Slater explains why it's best not to follow
3: the rules. Exactly. See, good. Doug uh, Doug gets the point of, of Slater September. Sticking it to the man and break all the rules. Yeah. Whether in love or life. That's
1: right. You gotta rebel like in Footloose, only instead of dancing weird in a barn... You, you give a weird and passionate speech with your shirt off in a bedroom. <laughs> Shit's gonna get weird next week.
2: Why does he take his shirt off so much in that movie?
3: I don't know. Because he could at the time?
2: If memory serves, though, that girl takes her shirt off as, like, almost a sign of camaraderie with him taking his shirt off. I <laughs> wonder if that scene plays out the way I remember it or not.
3: Hmm. I've actually never seen pop up the volume before so I'm excited to watch it. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it's one of those ones if you didn't see it when it came out you probably never saw it.
3: No, I'm not going to get it. No, I think
2: you might might still get it. It's still they're still sticking it to the man.
3: Just like this show sticking it to the man? Is that what we do? I don't know.
2: Is there a man around here? Do we even have one of those? (laughs)
1: It's big business. (laughs) none of us are getting out of here alive
0: please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater and now folks it's time to say goodnight. we sincerely appreciate
1: your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment please drive home carefully and come back again soon Good night.